is going on, baseball fans? Welcome to episode 24 of season two of This Week in Baseball, presented by Diamond Digest. I'm your host, Jordan Zowski. We are quickly coming towards the end of another season. We still have plenty to talk about. Joining me on the podcast today will be the Phillies fan, Sean Huff, James Archeski, the proud wearing Dodger Blue fan, and against my better judgment, <laughs> by Scott Bentley. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Oh, we're in for a ride today. I, Eddie Rosario was just called safe. Yes, I want, at first oh, go ahead. base. No, I, I just love how uh, all it takes is um, an announcement that I will be on the show and everyone goes, oh, brother, look, look, look what's <laughs> happening. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, this, this can't possibly be as bad as me and J-Roy being on at the same time coming oh, off of Philly's 10-game win streak <laughs> or whatever. Facts. That's fair. That's fair. And, and for anyone listening, we're recording this during the Dodgers Braves NLCS game two. So if you hear just James either exclaim happily or, or sadly, you kind of have the explanation why in advance. Yes. We've got plenty to talk about. Last time we were on was pre postseason, uh, just based on the timing. We waited until the division series games were done. We'll have plenty to talk about there. And we've got some uh, championship series to talk about. Some uh, surprising results so far. Boston tying it up at one yesterday, and the Dodgers looking to do the same today. But let's not waste any time. Let's start with some news around the league. Um, some of the big highlights outside of what's been going on in the Diamond over the past couple weeks. We will start with Sean, who is on my top right. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about the news that came out I think it came out today. I at least saw it today about minor league housing. Uh, that's something that shouldn't be controversial at all. I haven't seen anyone say anything bad about it yet. I'm sure I will because, you know, a lot of fans of baseball like to argue against the players whenever they can. But for anyone reasonable, it's a really good thing. We've been seeing a lot of discussion of minor league rights lately. A lot of major league stars starting to wear the fair ball wristbands. The advocates for minor league organization is getting a bigger voice. And maybe this is a step towards pacifying the players, trying to avoid a strike. But we'll see. For now, it seems like a good thing. I think the reality of that situation is, you know, it's just a step in the right direction. It's one piece of a larger puzzle that still needs to be finished and then livable wages becomes the next part of it for them. I think you get the housing though. You're not going to complain about that. That's a big win. Uh, it should have been done a long time ago. They needed it. You've seen the photos. If you follow anyone on social media, um, who's spent any time in the minor leagues, it's, it's not a fun situation when you're fighting for your job, basically at the end of the day. And like I said, step in the right direction. James, what about you? Uh, yeah, another storyline that uh, was just announced today, the MLB is going to move towards a streaming service to end blackouts. So if you saw the Field of Dreams game where Iowans can't watch the White Sox or the Cubs and a bunch of other teams, that issue is going to be gone soon. So another step in the right direction uh, blackouts are terrible. So if you want to watch your favorite team and you live in a 
market that doesn't allow that, you shouldn't be penalized for living somewhere and cheering for a certain team. Yeah, uh, Brian so, Schlosser, Iowan. He he, um, writer for our site. He uh, and well now Carson too. Both have like they're blacked out of like over a third, like on a day to day. Like literally, it's it's the White Sox, the Cubs, the Royals, the Cardinals, and maybe even. Like the Brewers or so I don't know. It's it's Is it crazy. The twins, dude. maybe. Yeah. yeah, twins, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's wild, man. It's so wild. They have that map of like, uh, like every colored stripe that goes through a state is like what they're blacked out of, and Iowa is like a rainbow. It's so messed mm-hmm. up, dude. It's it's wild. Yeah, Iowa gets hosed in, in terms are. of what they can do. I mean, it, it sucks that they're not like. I mean. At least they're taking steps towards working around blackouts instead of just getting rid of them as a whole. It feels like it would be a little bit easier, but I, I don't know the individual market contracts they got to work with there, whatever stupid stuff there is. Either way, another I think positive step in the right direction. I think it's in addition. So, like, they have the streaming service as well as MLB TV. Yeah. yeah. So, there's something. I, I kind of like... The uh, minor league baseball stuff. It's a step in the right direction. There's more to be done. Hopefully, if they announce it, it becomes affordable for everybody. And right. and because if you're paying for it on top, if you have to pay for it on top of MLB TV and all that stuff. But again, step in the right direction. More details to come, obviously. But two pretty nice wins early on in the uh, offseason for 26 teams. So, and Scott, how about you? Yeah, so uh, my biggest thing this week is uh, Alex Rodriguez continue to, continuing to be a fudging idiot, really. It's uh, <laughs> it's just like the – Good save. The, <laughs> I call audibles, babe. I'm Peyton Manning. It, the, the craziest thing to me is like he, 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 he wants there to be a war within baseball of – analytics first like old school approach he he wants it and that was very apparent this week when uh kike hernandez hit a homer and he said something stupid along the lines of like um analytics analytical people will tell you that hot and cold streaks don't exist and like that's why you have to play them or whatever and everyone's like no one has ever said that. No, like literally no one, not a single soul on this planet has ever been like, yeah, no dude, like hot streaks are a myth. Like people, people, do people don't get hot and people don't go on slumps either. Like that, no one has ever said that ever. And it's, it just adds on to this long line of his entire broadcasting career of just like, I, I, understand if your approach to baseball is old school that is how you view the game sure that's that's how you view it you're not going to change whatever i don't understand his stance which is just this consistent uh trying to to create narratives that just don't exist and just throwing stuff out there and just trying to to get people riled up like alex rodriguez doesn't need clicks like, he doesn't. I don't understand where this is coming from. Like, A-Rod doesn't need interactions. Like, he has two of the top, like, seven biggest contracts in sports history both belong to A-Rod. Like, he doesn't need it. 
I, I just I don't get it, man. I, I, I really don't get it. And uh, this I mean, that that could be a, a topic pretty much every week. He probably says some stupid stuff. So uh, it could really be an ongoing thing. But uh, yeah, th- this random just shot at people who care about numbers that that saying that we don't think that hot streaks exist was was uh, one of the most ridiculous things I, I had heard um all week which is which is really saying something yeah despite despite everything arod says though he's not as bad as smoltz <laughs> it's wild there's always somebody worse that's the crazy part i think it was uh harold reynolds was saying uh before game five of the nlds like he doesn't like the dodgers using an opener or something and just using boomer logic he said it wasn't entertaining or something. Yeah, it was like, oh, I don't want to see relief pitchers because I don't like that's not what I like to see. I'm like, well, that's cool. Dave Roberts doesn't care game. about your opinion, Harold Reynolds. <laughs> There's a reason why Roberts is managing and you're working for MLB tonight. <laughs> it's just all, all of these comments. It, it's insane to me because. Like, obviously, like Scott said, no one has ever said hot and cold streaks don't. Like, that's never been said. But then you'll get the people in the comments who are like, yeah, A-Rod, exactly. Analytics can't see it. It's like, dude, like, no one said. Usually the, usually the arguments, like, that are so that, – that come from an anti-analytics stance usually come from people who have no interest in learning what the analytics yes. stance is in the Absolutely. first place. Like, if it's something you don't agree with, it, it must it's be analytics. analytics that's the problem. Like, it's, it's well, well, we'll get to it with stupid. Boone. It's beyond stupid. And not to go too far on a tangent, but I'm going to go on. It's like another thing he had talked about was like, oh, the uh, Astros are about to see how important starting pitching is. Like, who and has then, ever said starting pitching isn't important? And then he lists five guys who were never on the team at the same and time. And he lists five yeah. guys who never played for the Astros at the same time. Like, get your facts right, number one. Number two, like, understand what the stances you're arguing against are. Like, no one has ever said starting pitchers aren't important. And then you get people retweeting it on my timeline or, like, with, with these gifts. Like, yeah, you see what he's saying? Like, starting pitchers. No. I'm like, I know it's so important. I just watched the Sox get curb stomped because they didn't have any starting pitching for four games. I know how important. No one's going to say it isn't important. It, it's the dumbest. It, and it's consistently the dumbest arguments that are anti-analytics oh. are the ones from people who have no interest in learning it in the first place. Oh, I'm getting to this later with Aaron Boone. And if you and if you want to be anti-analytics, that's fine. But do yourself the courtesy and the service to yourself of like learning what's pro analytics or or what pro analytics people think. It'll make you sound a bit smarter when when you try and argue something. And you won't have thousands of retweets like or, or, or quote tweets like, no, actually, like that's not what anybody thinks. Who are you arguing against? It's 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 beyond dumb, and I hate it. It's mind-boggling. One of my one of my uh, one of my favorite tweets of the last week, surprisingly, came from Jay Lazowski fourteen, uh, where he said <laughs> he he quote tweeted something. Uh, 
I don't even remember who you quote tweeted, dog, but it was someone and you said, like, I'm actually going to have to root for the Dodgers just so we don't have to hear about how, like, analytics, <laughs> like, when Kinab- <laughs> if Canable loses, like, we don't have to worry about, like, people saying, oh, analytics are the reason that the Dodgers lost. Or yeah, whatever. it was true, once. Man, it's ridiculous. It was once they announced Canable was going to start game five instead of Arias. And they won that game, and you heard nothing about how analytics yep. did the nerds win last night because it worked. It's like that whole... uh, it's like when the Rays lost, uh, everyone was like, "Oh, analytics lose, nerds lose." It's no, like, the nerds win every night. The nerds team is win the nerds. every night, and the nerds lose every night. Like unless you're the Rockies, like unless you're the Rockies, you you or the Mets forever like it's it's beyond stupid where it's like oh man if i gotta i gotta root for the no, no offense to james but it's like man i gotta root for the dodgers just because i don't want to be able to blow this so i don't gotta read all these tweets like oh look at an analytics and the nerds ruin another game and another roster it's like no how do you think the Giants are doing well first? That's how the all. Giants won 107 flipping games. Also, the Dodgers are quite literally what would happen if the Rays had money. Yes. yes. Like exactly. the, the Dodgers are the biggest nerds out there, dog. Yeah, like, the I, Dodgers I are the Rays with an owner that cares. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I shouldn't and say don't have money. Stadium. He's a billionaire. They would but, spend yeah. money. More yeah. So. yeah, yeah. But it's like, I get in arguments. It's like I always. I'm not smart enough to not get into Twitter arguments. But that's that's a different conversation. Very much, as you're aware. Very much. That's a different conversation. But I'm getting the kind. People are like, oh, like oh, the smartest team's the one that wins the World Series. Like, no, the luckiest team is the one that wins. The smartest teams are the ones that consistently win a hundred games, and like the Rays, who do it with having like a third of the payroll of the league average payroll. Like he's, you're, why are Bloom, Friedman, two of the most successful recent executives, and they both came from the Rays? Like, I think, do you get smarter when you go to the Dodgers? Is that what it is? Or do you just get more money? Like, if you don't, if you can't see how important money is to this whole Jock Peterson, what are you doing? October. Jocktober. Sorry. What did Peterson do? Jocktober. It's the pearls. It is the pearls. <laughs> Damn it, I'm on delay. Jocktober. <laughs> is it tied 2 2 now? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Sorry, James. Also, uh, do, oh. I have to say one thing about this analytics thing. Turn it, I lost it. Does either, oh. do any of you listen to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast? I have not, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. so it's Mike Petriello and uh, Matt Myers, right? I mean, yes. Mike Myers, Matt Myers is the reliever. Yes. Um, like, yes. They were. They had an episode on the Rays where they're like, "Okay, the Rays are basically just doing a bit at this point. They have this guy Dietrich Ends, who first of all his name is Dietrich Ends. Second of all, he throws ninety-seven. Third of all, he had a sub two, a sub three ERA and sub three FIP in like fifty innings this year, and he didn't make the playoff roster. The Rays are basically doing a bit at this point when it comes to their pitchers. They just call everyone up and they're good. <laughs> They're the nerds. That's how they're winning. It's like every year the Rays lose, people want to make it some huge story. It's like, but you under, you have a $60 million payroll going up against $200 million payrolls. Like that's not fair. You don't think the Rays would spend more on starting pitching if 
the owner gave them more money to do so? Do you think they're like, oh, no, $150 million payroll? Now I'll just spend on a bunch of relievers. Like, what do you think these people, they're, they're recreating the game because of the circumstances they're given, and they're winning 100 games doing so. How is that not one of the smartest organizations? Like, I don't understand why I have to get into those arguments. It, it drives me completely nuts. If they weren't one of the smartest organizations, people wouldn't be p- picking off their executives every single year and every For single real. time possible. It's like yeah. it, you, you don't see them going to the Rockies and trying to get all of their – I feel bad about all this Rockies hate. You don't see them trying to get all the, the Rockies executives. Yeah, it's like The Rockies deserve it. It's just – it's it, Their like, fans look can at be the, toxic. It's just look at the context. They have fans. <laughs> I can confirm. I have a couple confirm. friends who are Rockies fans. I have one friend who's a Rockies fan. But But, uh, to to close it out and move to the depressing part for me, it's more so just a little bit of understanding. You need to understand the context when you're arguing all this analytics crap. And and you might not like it. I don't really care if you don't like it. it. It's fine. It's how you watch the games, how you grew up with it. I do not care. But do yourself the service of at least learning the other side so that you can more educatedly disagree. Like, Agreed. That's, yeah. that's just all it comes down yeah. to. It's stupid. And it's, 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 it's fun to get your clicks in if you're A-Rod or if you're another anti-analytics guy. Nerds, uh, nerds lose because the Rays lose. Like, dude, like, stop. Cool. That's <laughs> why we're all going to be picking them to win the AL East next year. Yeah, we're still going to yeah. pick them to win the East next year. And they're still probably going to win the East. Like, just get over yourselves, basically. Le- learn a little bit something today. All right. I don't know. I always get riled up when you're on, Scott. I don't know what. Hot I, man, I've I have been that effect on like, people. I have that I've been quiet for like 20 weeks. <laughs> I have that effect. <laughs> Let's jump into seventh and stretch. As we talk a little bit about the playoffs, we, yeah, as you know, the, uh, you guys know the structure, seven questions, most points wins. Scott, knowing the intro you've given me on this, I, I hope you know there should be absolutely no chance that I win. Reason, yeah, you should believe no reasonable chances of you winning tonight. Just, I'm just letting you know. Hey, I'm going for golf scores, baby. If I end up <laughs> negative, I will be happy with my performance. That's where I'm at. Oh, God. Let's I'm shooting it. low. This is, this is going to be my nightmare. Here we go. <laughs> Question one. Since we've last been on the air, the Astros, Red Sox, Dodgers, and Braves have all advanced to the championship series. Defeating the White Sox, Rays, Giants, Cardinals, Yankees, and Brewers in the process. Sean, I'll start with you. Who has been the biggest surprise and the biggest disappointment so far in the postseason from a team perspective? So three of the series pretty much went exactly how I expected. Um, the Dodgers and the Giants played each other close. The Dodgers are a little better. That series went how I thought. The Brewers are better than the Braves, but... They didn't have Ang in their bullpen, so they were a little weak, and they just don't know how to hit. I I can't put it any better than that. That team cannot hit. So the Braves squeaked past them despite winning about 80 games. Uh, the White Sox and the Astros, I don't think the White Sox are bad. 
but I think the Astros are pretty clearly the best team in the AL. Uh, and it, their lineup just doesn't end. It went how it was going to go. There, was, there were a lot of runs scored. Lance Lynn threw a lot of ill-fated fastballs. And then there was one more series. The Red Sox, I still don't think are that good. I don't think they're better than the Yankees. I don't think they're better than the Rays. I don't think they're better than the Astros, even though they're probably going to beat the Astros now that McCullers and Garcia are gone. Devers can't hit a fastball. I don't understand that. Why, why throw him anything else? Kike Hernandez is suddenly the best player on the planet. I don't understand that. Um, I don't understand their catching tandem of Christian Vasquez, who had, I think, a lower OPS this year than I would have if you sent me up. And Kevin Plawecki, who I thought had retired in about 2014. The Red Sox have been the biggest surprise, and the Rays were the biggest disappointment. I I get the Rays didn't have Glass now, which is a huge loss. Glass now is probably the what the fourth or fifth best pitcher on the planet when he's healthy. And I get that McClanahan wasn't great, but they still had Shane Boz, and he was terrible. He, I thought he was just going to come in and be a Bumgarner-type figure for them. And I even had a tweet ready in my drafts after the Luplo Grand Slam that just said, how is anyone supposed to beat the Rays? And that tweet stayed in my drafts. They have been a huge disappointment. Oh, if you could only see my drafts after... This past week of baseball. James, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, so, most surprising team, Red Sox, just because who thought they would get past the Rays? I certainly didn't. I thought they would beat the Yankees just because it's at Fenway. That's pretty much the only... That game was at Fenway. That was the only advantage that the Red Sox had, I think... They were pretty evenly matched otherwise. Who knows what role the Fenway crowd actually played, but they haven't lost at Fenway uh, in this postseason. So, most disappointing? There were two teams that really were disappointing. The Rays, obviously, were very disappointing. Thought they'd beat the Red Sox. But I was very disappointed with the Brewers. I believe they allowed seven runs through the first three games of the series and were down two to one. (laughs) They were built to go to the NLCS because you have three of the top 10 pitchers in the National League starting for you. This is the series where you can just have those guys go five or six innings. You have one of the most dominant bullpens in the game. This was your this series was made for a team like the Brewers and they still choked it. That that's why they're the most disappointing. I mean their offense I think had a, a WRC plus of like 92 which if you were to go back that sounds I high. Think, <laughs> I think the 95 Braves were the last team that won a world series with an offense that bad and they had three dominant starting pitchers that year so the comparison was there the precedent was there and they just choked they they needed Devin Williams yes yeah Scott 
your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to start with disappointment. I think that the biggest disappointment I agree is is comfortably the Milwaukee Brewers. I think that that is a a team that it 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 it, it can't be possible for you to win as many games as they did and go into the postseason and like comfortably win your division as bad as it was. And, and when your starting pitcher gives up two runs, the game's over. That should not be a thing for a, for a what 98 win team. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be a thing. So they are, they are comfortably my biggest disappointment. The Rays as, as I, Honestly, I don't view really anything that's happened in the American League as as disappointing. The Astros have one of the best lineups in the history of Major League Baseball. Like WRC Plus, literally like a top five lineup like ever. Just ridiculously good. Um, the Red Sox, Yankees are whatever they are. I don't even really count that as a surprise or a disappointment. They just kind of are what they are. The Yankees have had such a weird year anyway. Uh, the Rays, I guess you could count as a disappointment, but again, they're they're they have to fight a battle on the field and in the ownership press box. So, like, I, I don't really uh, take too much uh, away from them when they can't pull through like that. Um, I, the Giants weren't supposed to be as good as they were. They're far from a disappointment. I, I think I think the Brewers have to comfortably be most people's uh, disappointment. Now, my biggest surprise. This is one Laz is going to love. It's the fact that the Chicago White Sox even won a single game. That is easily <laughs> my biggest surprise of the postseason up to this point. It's actually fascinating. It, especially, like, just in a vacuum, if you take the three losses, right, they got pumped, like, like pumped on national TV. So, honest, genuinely, the fact that they won a single sole game is – I think comfortably the biggest like positive surprise of the entire postseason, and you, honestly, they should consider a banner. They they should consider like one one game in the ALDS in twenty twenty one, like against the Houston. <laughs> yeah, Astros. there we go. They they should they should they should seriously consider it. Um, that that team, that team, that team is 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 something else. And Tony Larusa. Is is my hero? He continues to be my app. I, I think people should look up to him as like this is what you do. And the fact that that he just got to take over the only team with remote talent in the entire division and just fall asleep. And I almost said something else. I almost said oh, never mind. He he can just he can just. <laughs> We know the walk, joke. You could just walk, fall asleep and, and, and just ride his way to the postseason. And then when the games actually count, he, he's just absolutely exposed. It's incredible and it's beautiful. And it's something that, that we as a, a fans of Major League Baseball should celebrate. And just the, the inability to shift or even uh, – I don't know if he knows how to spell shift. I don't know if he knows what it is. <laughs> there's, there's so many just great moments – that are are not disappointments. They aren't because they're they're some of my favorite moments of my life. And 
I think that the fact that it that it continues to be the, the gift that gives and gives and gives again, it's it's it really is like I said this on a hot mic. My, my Christmas tree goes right here, right here every every year, and it's almost like when I when I wake up, it's almost like looking at my Christmas tree all summer. It's just it just is is continuously the gift that keeps on giving, and then on the biggest stage. In front of the whole world, they're in the playoffs for the first time since <laughs> since I was in elementary school, Sands last year, and which barely counted. And then you just get you just get you just get that 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 it, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful on so many levels. Uh, everybody thinks that everybody just like is purposely hitting Jose Abreu. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> It's it's just it's awesome, man. It's really really awesome, and honestly, I deserve no no no. Tony Larusa deserves a, a lot of credit, and and I think I just want to take this time to say thank you, Tony Larusa, for everything that you did for my my baseball fandom this year. You, you made this postseason brilliant, and uh, yeah, my my biggest surprise is, is easily the fact that the White Sox. Even got within like five runs any game, nonetheless one one for sure. Uh, what's your favorite team again, Scott? Just remind the uh, audience. <laughs> uh, that would be the Detroit Tigers. So I, I need to say two things before we go to the next question. Do you really? Yeah, I do. First of all, I think it's amazing that the two people cre- who we can credit with the White Sox one win are your favorite, Yasmani Grandal, who happens to be one of my favorites too. And then your most hated player on earth. Oh, my God. Larry Garcia. And as a second thing, anyone who's listening to this without the video, you're missing out. (laughs) I. So I'll say two quick things here because I don't even know how you continue the podcast after that. Um, Just just retire. Yeah, I'll say two quick things. Number one, um, even when I won, I lost because Larry Garcia – um, d- decided to be a contributing factor in why the White Sox won. Um, so I, I I strongly dislike him for reasons that are probably not even his fault. Some of them are. Um, <laughs> number two, as much as Scott is painful to me, he's painfully accurate at the same time. The fact that proving to Tony La Russa that his old school style does not work anymore has to come at the at, at, at the demise i guess of the best white Sox team i've seen in, in my life like jokes aside like that is that is messed up like yeah, they were my preseason al pennant pick like, like they're it, a really good team it has to come at their expense and he's going to be here 3 years which is your that that's when Grandal is around. That's when whatever's left of Abreu is still around. That's your that's your that's the first wave of your window, and the fact that proving to him that his old school tactics no longer work has to come at their expense makes me ill, and, and it it, it, it really, truly yeah. pains me that you you finally get a, a GM who puts a good sustainable roster together. This isn't a flash in the pan 05 or 08 team. This was meant to be better than a flash in the pan team. 
And it was created as such. And to have your manager now be someone who's not going to be there long-term because he's 78, much less the fact that he's not a good manager. He's 78 years old. It, it, it has, And you kind of just screw the entire process by not choosing the manager that GM wants. And don't tell me he didn't want him. Look at his press conference. He looked like he was uh, in witness protection at that point. Like like a hostage crisis type situation when he had to announce LaRusso. Don't tell me he wanted him. But but he, the, the fact that this team had to come at the expense of LaRusso thinking he had something to prove about how old school baseball still works makes me ill. And, and, and it's frustrating. And, and I hope that God willing, there, there's a payroll, there's a payroll bump and the White Sox can just go sign more players and not have to bring back Leary Garcia, who Tony has fallen in love with saying he's not a utility guy. He's a starting guy like that. <sighs> that should lose you a job. The hitting coach saying F the home run hit 300. That should lose you a job like 2021 baseball isn't 2011 baseball. And, and, and that's incredibly frustrating to me. 2021 baseball isn't 1978 baseball. Tony. Like, <laughs> so for as much as Scott will eviscerate the white Sox, and as much as it pains me and I can't give him points for it, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I disagree with any of it, but Fair I, I think you kind of all hit on the right points. I think the Astros are even better than I gave them credit for. That is, I mean, you would, they wouldn't, they were not chasing pitches at all it was rather impressive the at-bats they put together i think they're the most impressive team and when you build your team on starting pitching like the brewers did and you can't it's one thing to build your team on starting pitching and the starting pitching fails like the white Sox. it's another thing to build your team on starting pitching the starting pitching succeeds and your offense can't do anything about it in the brewers case and that's why i agree they are the most disappointing Inning two, we saw the Giants-Dodgers NLDS game five end on a questionable check swing call against the Giants. And this call has obviously made its way around social media. And it, it was quite the way to end a game, we'll say that. If you haven't seen it, go just Google it, check it out. Like You'll see hundreds of articles about it. I'll start with the uh, man who had a stake in that game, James. What's the best way for Major League Baseball to handle check swings moving forward? Do you believe they will do something? The key question there. What's funny is that the Giants season ended because of a check swing and they won the division because of a check swing. Karma is a real something. <laughs> uh, that was pretty much my whole timeline after that Friday night or whatever night it was it's or Thursday night, Thursday night. Uh, it was, it was all just karma it, and check swing. So we'll get that out of the way. He did not go around or he did not go around. He checked his swing. I personally don't think there needs to be much changed. It's just, you shouldn't end a playoff series like that. You know, I get, it looked like he swung from the first base umpire, but I don't know. Maybe just have review in case like this ends the series. You don't want to end a series like that, especially between how a series of uh, great teams like the Dodgers and Giants. As funny as it was for you know many Dodgers fans seeing their 
hated rivals to the north lose that way. I don't know. I think I think that uh it doesn't really matter if they look at it or not. I still think the Dodgers win that game pretty easily. It's not like it's not like it changed much, but it's just the way it ended that was controversial. Scott? Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he very clearly didn't go around, but um, the the simple, like, relatively easy way to fix it is to just make it reviewable. I think it's ridiculous that we have replay and then just, like, randomly check swings. We're like, no, like, that's that's stupid. Uh, so it's, it's pretty clear. You just say, okay, this is reviewable. Check swing. I mean, you could even make it – I don't know if, if you can really do, like, a – like a coach's challenge thing. Cause that's not really a, I don't know in the dugout, if you're on the wrong dugout and they're a righty or a lefty, like I'm not sure that's a great viewpoint, but I, I don't know how hard it would be to just have one of the replay officials in New York, just like look at close check swings and, and just make a call. And I feel like that wouldn't be too difficult of an ask. Um, and uh, yeah, like that's, that's easily the, the, the easiest fix of it. But um. I, I think the it, it definitely stings uh, to, to end a season like that. But um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it was like he's he's never gotten a hit off Scherzer his entire career, and it was a, it was getting an O two count. Like I don't know, at, or it would have been one two or whatever. Like it, it at, I'm not sure it would have changed too much, but you certainly can't end. Uh, the season of the team with the best record in baseball on a, on a missed call either. So it, 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 it I don't know, all around just a, a, a bad situation, whether it changes the outcome or not. Um, and yeah, I, I really don't understand why we just decided like some things are reviewable. Like, can we, as, as a, a member of the fan base that literally caused replay, can we please just like do it? <laughs> like, can we please just do it? Can we stop this like stupid like half in half out nonsense and just and just do it already sean your thoughts <clears throat> so can you knock me down to six i hate the seven dude it's an upside down <laughs> two i would rather lose a point than be stuck at seven <laughs> look how dumb it looks he's, he's right and he should say it it's an upside down two <laughs> Knock me down to five. I don't care. Just get that seven <laughs> off my screen. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. God. Sean, go for it. <laughs> Jesus. So, first of all, they're not going to do anything about it. If this call ended the World Series, I think they would do something about it. But it ended a first-round playoff series. We're going to forget about it by the time the World Series ends. Or not forget about it, but it will have faded the the strong feelings about it will have dissipated a little at least in 28 fan bases minds um so i don't think it's going to be changed um i also don't think if it was to be changed it would be changed to be made a reviewable call because people are already upset about how long replays take and i can't imagine how long a check swing replay would take how many angles they would watch to make sure they got it right it would take forever, and it's such a common occurrence that a check swing happens that I think it would just take so long that there's no way they would even consider it, even if it's the right move. 
my alternative here would be to kind of come up with a unified definition of a check swing, probably something along the lines of if the if any part of the bat or the hands of the hitter crosses the front edge of the plate and put some sort of sensor at the front of the plate that can let you know if something crossed that line. I don't know if the technology would, I don't think the technology would be like perfect. I think it would need to be ironed out kind of similar to how MLB's experimented in the Atlantic league before, but I think it's probably possible if not ready right away. And it would be quick. You could have every call right away because the, the sensor could be set up for every pitch. It's If it's possible, they should do it. I think the biggest thing has to start with, you have to define what a check swing is first. Because we all have our definition, but there's no major league definition of it, which is dumb. Like j- Just accept the widely adopted rule of bat breaks the plane or the wrists break. Like, yeah. I, I start there. And, and for the love of God, find a different way, some sort of way to not have the first base umpire who doesn't have a good view of it really be the one reviewing it or the third base umpire, depending on who is up to the plate. They don't have a much better view than anybody else. The only reason you can't ask the home plate umpire to do it is because he's got to watch where the pitches, but Lord knows he doesn't do that well anyway. So <laughs> what's the big deal there anyway? Um, I don't know. I think starting by defining it'll be important and then find some way to institute some technology to just have a quick view of the, um, quick side view that they have for all in, in all the camera wells to, to have that readily available. doesn't slow it down. Quick decision by, made by the umpires on the field. That's it. No going to New York. No, nothing. Um, it's gotta be quick. It's gotta be easy. Start by defining it, and if we get more than that, great. But I, I think you're all right that everyone will figure it about it. It'll be over, and we'll have this argument at some point next year anyway. So I'll give you two points for that. That's good. <clears throat> Thank you. I'll take my two points off to the side here. So, good Lord. Inning three. The Cardinals fired Mike Schilt this week in a move that was surprising to Schilt, as he said but was cited by Cardinals management as, quote, philosophical differences. Scott, we'll start with you. What could these philosophical differences really be, and who is likely next to replace Schultz's position? Goodness, I, I don't even – some of the, the – I'll start with this. The fact that the name Bradley Osmus is next to <laughs> any – of these vacancies is some of the most ridiculous, preposterous, and honestly, if I was a fan of those teams, flat out embarrassing <laughs> name links I've ever seen in my life. So I'll start with that. Um, I think as far as like what the differences could have been, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's weird because as, as we've obviously seen, he, uh, that the Cardinals team has has been good. Uh, I mean, before him and with him, it's a team that's made the playoffs every year of his uh, tenure, I believe, or at least the last three years. Like, I, it's it's definitely a weird. Uh, you know, you, you end the season on a on what a W seventeen, and, and you make the playoffs, and then you you that's a that's a really interesting 
uh, decision. And, and the fact that the Cardinals seem to be, and uh, I call it the, this, this, this term might go away soon, actually, depending on the Astros success, but I call it dusty Baker territory where you just always are like, <laughs> you're always like making the, the DS and then losing like the, the, they've seemed to have kind of been in that. So maybe this is their like, okay, like we know we're going to make the playoffs no matter what. We need somebody who's going to manage our way throughout the postseason and actually bring us a ring. The difference is the only thing I can think of is either A, how um, they want to attack the offseason and a difference in opinion of one of the parties wanting to – Probably the manager, I would imagine. Schultz probably uh, would be the one that would want to bring in more talent, make trades, spend money, whatever that entails. And the front office is more of a, no, we like we're good. We we know what we have. We know we're a good team. We'll be fine. Uh, and, and the only other thing I can think of outside of that, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning and whether it's just a disagreement of like, how intensely to use analytics that those are really the only two things that popped into my head when I heard about philosophical differences between the two parties. So um, I, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. I'm assuming if, if Schilt doesn't get hired by another team, I'm assuming a lot more will come out about that. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch for sure. Sean. Oh, you might have to edit this out. <laughs> oh Lord. So I have, <laughs> I have a theory here. I think so. We all saw the Cardinals go on their 17 game win streak. And this is a theory that could only be possible with the Cardinals. I think Schultz made the classic mistake of sacrificing the lambs and the deer too early in the season. He, they ran out of devil magic before the wild card game started. I think he hit. I think he panicked a little. He was supposed to wait till the last week of the season. They were going to make their miraculous comeback against the Reds and the Padres. But instead, he started a little early. Edmundo Sosa got imbued with the powers. And, you know, it was, it was a breach of contract. He's only supposed to make the sacrifices when management tells him he can. In all seriousness, uh, do any of you watch professional wiffle ball? I didn't even uh, know it was a thing. I, I I mean, like when they come across my my timeline or my feed, yes, but not like actually watch. No. Okay, so this was the only <laughs> thing I could really think of in regards to Schultz maybe managing badly. Is I'm it, fascinated to see how this ties. I was going to see. I, I am on the edge show. of my seat trying <laughs> to figure out the the correlation here. It's a big deal in professional wiffle ball that most teams have one star pitcher one good pitcher and no other pitchers. So that's what I kind of thought of when Schultz brought Alex Reyes into the wildcard game. I think he overused him so much early in the year when he had the shiny ERA, but he was also walking like 11 batters per nine. All I could think of was in a wiffle ball series, when you use your ace pitcher too much at the beginning of the series and don't have them for the big games, because the batters have then seen them too much and caught up to them. I think he overused his good bullpen pieces and just didn't properly deploy them. Like Giovanni Gallegos in the wildcard game, I think threw 12 pitches and had five swinging strikes. 
and then didn't go out for a second inning. I just don't think he really knew how to use his bullpen at all and overused the who he would have considered the bullpen ace in Reyes and didn't use who he would have considered the good second arm in Gallegos and didn't have the rest of a bullpen. James, your thoughts. You uh, kind of watched that NL, or that NL wild card game. So any thoughts based on that or anything else for Schultz? Based off of how Mike Schilt managed the wild card game, I think he should stay in St. Louis forever. Um, so there's that. Uh, the Cardinals, if we look at who they've hired as manager, you get Mike Schilt, who was a guy who worked with the Cardinals for a long time. Mike Matheny, who worked with the Cardinals for a long time. And then Tony LaRussa, who didn't work with the Cardinals nah, when he was hired. points for the name. But then... <laughs> Wait, who was that? But the then uh, he worked for them for 15 years. So... Put Scott down to seven. They have <laughs> That'll be the uh, ultimate punishment. Watch The it. Cardinals haven't had, like, and haven't looked for a manager outside of their organization in uh, a quarter of a century. And they have been one of the most successful franchises. And I think they're starting to realize that hiring from within their own isn't going to work. And just kind of playing old school, using certain relievers too much, as uh, Sean alluded to, that's not going to work in 2022 for them. And... I think that's why they make this move. I I didn't see it coming personally, but who knows? Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what the Cardinals do. This is the third manager they've had to. This will be their third manager since the start of 2018. And that's kind of crazy to think about, given how good they have been over the last 25 years or so. Yeah, the philosophical differences and poor bullpen management, that's, that's like a requirement to work in the White Sox organization nowadays. Um, White oh, Sox. And we, we all agree that the next manager is going to be Yachty as a player manager, right? <laughs> Has to be. It's Has the only be. way. That's the only reason they brought him back. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they brought him back to hit fifth every day. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah, why not both? <laughs> Have fun with it. All right, question four, which uh, I know, Sean, you're excited about, so we'll start with you. Fact or fiction, Aaron Boone will be the manager of the Yankees next year, and he should be. Oh, I'm excited for this for one reason. Any of you know the Yankees resurgence bandwagon guy on Twitter? Unfortunately. I was yeah. going to say, I've probably come across him. Yeah, if you don't follow him, uh, don't. And there, there's good reason not to. Peyton, Peyton's a huge fan. I'm not. I'm not going to say why you shouldn't. Uh, everyone listening, you shouldn't also. But I'm. <laughs> Peyton is saying to take away all my points. Um, <laughs> I don't use the down arrow enough. I, I'm having fun with it today. So says who? Ooh. <laughs> So I remembered a tweet from him 
in that I don't really think Yankees fans know what they want. Like, I have a bunch of friends who are Yankees fans. They all hate Aaron Boone. They all want Aaron Boone to be fired. They're all counting down the days until Aaron Boone is fired. They assume it'll be the day after Game 7, if there's a Game 7. But when you ask them who they want to replace Boone, they don't know. When you suggest Carlos Beltran, they curse at you. When you suggest any other manager who's currently managing or recently retired from managing, they say no. And they also want Cashman gone. And they say they want him replaced with, quote, some Rays guy. Well, the Rays guy is going to pull his starters after four innings and use a lot of platoons and shifts. And I don't think any of the Yankees fans want that. That's what made me think of Resurgence Bandwagon was his exact tweet was, you talk about wanting Ray's ownership all day. If we had to watch Ray's ownership, none of you would. Hmm. I don't think the Yankees fans actually know what they want. I think Boone should be back just because there isn't a clearly better manager available aside from maybe Beltron, if we assume he would be a good manager. But come on, the Yankees fans would probably throw stuff at him immediately. I, there's no one really ready to replace him. And even though the fans hate him, they're not ownership isn't supposed to cater towards the fans. Let let Boone go, I guess. Like he's not a great manager, but who are you gonna get that's better? Scott, your thoughts. Yeah, so I really um I view this as they've put themselves in a situation that is I would only describe it as the exact opposite as the White Sox a year ago in the sense where the White Sox looked around at all the available managers and they were like, which one would piss off everyone? Whereas like the Yankees are like, no longer are they actually choosing a manager that actually is a good manager they are now looking at it as who can we bring in to simply just make people stop complaining about our manager all the time (laughs) and that's a problem that that's that should not be how you how how you bring in a a a a, a any hire nonetheless a manager but anyone and they've done this thing where they have fired Every single other person in the dugout, except for Boone, literally everyone. Uh, They just fired his entire staff, but they haven't fired him. Uh, Shout out Marcus Thames, goat. Like there's, there's just, there's just like so much that, 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 that situation is so toxic on so many levels. It's unbelievable. And I, I I just, I, I can't. I can't wrap my head around the the fact that they are they are now literally just trying to basically weigh what will make people the most happy and it's no longer like okay who can we bring in that's actually going to be the best manager and that's that's mind-boggling to me. So should he be the manager next year? I I mean Probably, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's no one out there that is 
immediately a better option. And like, they're not the White Sox. If there was one, they would actually take it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who, who else you could bring in. I, I, it's such a uniquely weird situation. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure I, I've really seen too many other managerial situations that are quite like it. And uh, it's it's definitely should be circled on, on everybody's uh, offseason list of like biggest things to look for because it's 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 really weird. And I, I guess my my current guess right now would be that he would be the manager because I'm not sure why you would fire everyone else on his staff except him, but then just end up firing him weeks later. But I also imagine that they're you know, going to wait till the postseason ends and maybe, I don't know, interview some bench coaches for Atlanta or something. I, I, I don't know. The, the whole thing's the whole thing's really weird. And, and I don't have definitive answers for a lot. And I just keep saying, I don't know, but I, I, I really don't much like Tony LaRussa. I don't know. <laughs> Scott, do you, this is total tangent before we get to James. Do you remember this off season when we were doing the podcast and it was th- this podcast and it was before, um, the Sox formally hired LaRusso, but we were talking about it and like the podcast cut out mid episode and we had to restart and we were in the middle of this <laughs> yes. insane rant about LaRusso. Yes. Um, Laz and I were, were on and we're going back and forth on an all time rant. Both of us like yelling <laughs> and not at each other. We were agreeing and both yeah. of us were, were yelling and in the middle of the podcast, Laz just goes, Oh my gosh, I, I think it stopped recording. And so, and so he goes, he goes, he goes, all right, man, I'm going to press record and you're just going to have to make it sound like it was, and I'm like, don't even worry about it. Like easy, <laughs> easy, easiest thing you've ever asked me to do. I, I will just start yelling off the bat again. And we did it. And you, I, when you re-listen to it, you can't really tell. We did a pretty good job. Oh, but uh, that, that conversation about LaRusso just reminded me of that. Yeah, no, it is for real. That's for right. Real. You, you had the pick of the litter and. You let the best manager walk to Detroit. Anywho, James, don't say a word, Scott, about Hinch. James, go ahead. Uh, fact, Aaron Boone will be the Yankees manager. Fiction, he should be. Just because I think there is a better option for the Yankees out there. I don't know who, but I'm sure there is. It the reason why this is coming up is when you are as talented as the Yankees on a year to year basis and you do not let you do not win the American league pennant, let alone win a world series. That's a problem. I have been on this earth for almost 20 years. The Yankees have won one world series in my lifetime. To put Someone's that saying in that's a good thing, James. It is. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, the Marlins have won the same amount. Okay, but that's fun. The Marlins have won more than me. So I'm not. <laughs> Actually, they did it with my entire core. They did it with my <laughs> manager, my general manager, my catcher, and two of my position players. They actually won their ring. So, anyway, sorry. Okay, but the Marlins are fun. The Yankees, they operate, like, I hold the Yankees to a higher expectation than everyone else, probably unfairly. But when you spend as much as the Yankees do, and when you talk as much as the Yankees do, 
you have to back it up. I hold them to a higher standard. I th- I think it's fair to hold the Dodgers and the Yankees of Major League Baseball to a higher standard than the Rays or the Athletics. It is perfect, perfectly fair. When the Rays are becoming the best team in the American League East with a pitiful payroll, that's a problem. When they are going to the World Series and you are not, that's a problem. And this is all under Aaron Boone where this has happened. The postseason can be a coin flip, sure. But the problem is he is consistently not using analytics correctly, and that is going to cost the Yankees in the and for a team that spends as much as they do and has as much talent that they have, it's unacceptable. I think that's fair. I don't know. Managers are a tough topic for me. Uh, Understandably. I just... Really? I had no idea. What do you mean by that? Shut up. (laughs) I had no idea, Jordan. Do you want to talk about it, man? No, I don't. (laughs) Um, I would love to. Managers are a tough... I hate you. Managers are a tough topic. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. With Boone, I think he kind of all hit it. I don't know who the replacement is. If they want to get a change of voice in there, fine. I just don't know if fans are going to love the alternative either. But oh, fine, fans fine, are fine. I'll do it. I'll do it myself. Go ahead. Exactly. Guys, guys. I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you. I'll, I'll do it myself. Joey Gallo's leading off now. Someone someone who I mentioned was like after our after one of the articles I wrote, someone was like, Jordan should uh, be in the dugout just to yell at Tony when he does something wrong. I'm like, I'm not going to say no to that opportunity. I mean, can you just Dude's tell him voice to bat Yaz leadoff, please? <laughs> but anywho, um, I, I don't know who they replace him with. I doubt it's going to be anything Fickle Yankee fans want, but also if they want him out, you get what you want. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Inning five. I hate this team. The Astros continue to embrace their self-given villain role. And this week found themselves at the center of some new cheating accusations from Ryan Tapera of the White Sox. Basically, he said they do some shady stuff down there in uh, Houston. You've seen the difference in swing and misses. Um, Swing and misses between home and away games. Stuff like that. They blew their doors off in game four. And uh, that was the end of that. Uh, break down how both the Astros and the White Sox handled the situation uh, and who you felt came out looking the best. I don't like how I worded this sentence. There's this question. Basically, just how you feel they handled the situation. Obviously, the Astros came out looking better because they won. Um, let's just get this out of the way. Scott, you go first. <laughs> I, I, You know what? I was wondering if I was going to go first or last. Uh, this let's is, just get it out of the way. This is absolutely hysterical. I'm not sure. I've laughed this hard since LaRusso was hired. Truly. That is one of the single funniest comments I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Because because he said it, it, it came out right after they had won at home in game three. So the White Sox got pumped at home, which, hey, you, you that's your claim. Sure. Uh, your offense sucked in Houston, so cool. And then you come home and you put what? You scored eight, nine, whatever runs. You had, a, you had a nice little game three there. 
Um, and then, and then game four happens and it was just, I've said this word a lot. It was just beautiful. It was just, there's, there's something about it that was just, that was just scenic in a way. It, it was just like, like you have like, like Titanic music playing in your ears. And you're, like, <laughs> you're like, where is that coming from? And you're like, oh my goodness. It's, 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 it's coming from this beautiful moment on my television and, and, and God has created this, this beautiful moment for me to be a part of. I hate it here. And like, I, I just think it's, it's hilarious that a, anybody thinks that anyone in or around the Astros organization is going to be able to get away with literally anything in 2021 just just in the present year after the allegations have come out and and not allegations after the the truths of them cheating have have come out uh, uh, it's it's ridiculous that anyone thinks that they would be able to get away with with anything um and and b just the it it came out right after the only game that they hit it it was it was the most hypocritical hilariously beautiful thing I have ever seen in my life. And then again, just this, the, the cherry that was just placed right on top of everything and uh, of them just getting absolutely destroyed and the Astros just, just knocking the doors off them on the road was beautiful. Uh, the Astros hailed it, I guess, as good as they, they could uh, Carlos Correa made, uh, I thought his comments were really great. And that's not just me lobbying. Like, like, I, I really think that he handled it really well. <laughs> I, I think that he, he said that they were like really stupid allegations. And then he brought out like actual analytics and like their OPS and, and, and stuff, uh, at home versus on the road and, and in the playoffs and everything. And, and he really, uh, the, the Astros players, in, in this instance, handled it as 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 well as they could have, which is um, certainly has not been the case throughout this entire uh, thing that that the Astros have gone through and, and the whole cheating thing. They they certainly have not always handled it very well. So um, yeah, I, I I just I it, it was it gave me a nice little giggle. It, it was I, I thought it was hilarious. It really made my week. I hate you. Sean. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really funny. It First of all, Scott didn't even mention the best part of it, which was Dusty Baker not knowing who Ryan Sapera was. I think that was incredible, you know, especially given that Ryan Sapera received MVP votes last year. Okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. I think that was by far the funniest part. Um, but in all seriousness, it was just so weird. First of all, imagine using two and one game sample sizes to support your argument. Second of all, Correa, Scott nailed it. Uh, Correa using actual analytics was amazing. Uh, but the one thing it really felt like for me is that kind of the leash was off the players. Like, I've kind of thought this whole time whenever the players were being interviewed about the, what do we usually call it, the banging scheme, the, the cheating scandal, trash whatever. Can, I think is kind of the universally adopted. The thing, trash yeah. can thing. 
Um, oh no. I listen to too much Effectively Wild. They say banging scheme. Yeah, true. Mainly because it makes Meg laugh. Um, but whenever they've talked about it in the past, I've always kind of gotten the impression that the players weren't allowed to to come up with their own answers, that it's mostly been ownership telling them like, oh, downplay it, act like act like it didn't happen. We don't want the discussion to keep going. And it was obviously ill-advised because, uh, come on, it's the Astros' ownership. Everything's ill-advised. But it felt really nice to actually hear Correa respond how he wanted to because that was clearly the way he wanted to. Yeah, that was my big takeaway from it. James. <clears throat> I am going to just state my bias before really going into this answer. I well, what's the fun in that? really hate Carlos Correa. Like, okay. if there is one person who I, like, I cannot stand, I am, it, it is Carlos Correa. He's right. Unfortunately, no, there go your points. <laughs> I also hate him. That's like this is painful for me to admit. Uh, I honestly, <clears throat> I could go on an expletive-filled rant for about <laughs> two hours. This has been about, an episode about the Astros and the crap they've pulled, and honestly, to me. This was just White Sox voicing their frustrations. like, And it's easy to pick on the Astros because they don't have that. Uh, they don't have any deniability. Like, you were caught in the biggest cheating scheme of the last century. Like, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. That's great that you point to your advanced numbers. But at the same time, it's not like there's a reason why people will suspect you until you retire or you leave Houston. Like, there is precedent for it. I don't know if I don't think it's true because the Astros kind of uh, did some good hitting in Chicago that would have nullified to Para's argument, but they don't get this invincibility like i don't know if someone accused the brewers of sign stealing this postseason like would you believe them no they didn't their offense didn't do anything would you believe it if the astros did it's more believable because there's the precedent of them doing it and uh they were good offensively i don't think they were but I also, I don't know. There's so much gray area. And like I said, I hate the Houston Astros pretty much with uh, as much hatred, like as much as I love baseball, like that's the, the hatred for the Astros eclipses my love of baseball. <laughs> So I don't feel like I can talk about this. Like I am restraining myself from just spewing <laughs> expletives, but I don't know. I don't think it's a big story. It's just Ashers don't have any deniability anymore. That's what it is. 
I have two quick things to say, and then we'll jump into inning six. Uh, one, I completely agree with James that <clears throat> you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. You're not going to. No team's going to. You saw the Rays fans say the same thing about the Red Sox um, during that series. They're like, there's no deny, there's no plausible deniability for you anymore. That's fine. You're just going to have to live with it. Um, number two, obviously, also agree with James. You're just trying to, or whoever said it, airing their frustrations. Yeah, because Tapera was like the only good bullpen arm that entire series. Like, if anyone's going to talk crap, whether it's right or wrong, like, he's probably the only one who earned it. He had like five shutout innings against the Astros. He was phenomenal. Um, stupid, unnecessary. But also, I just, the Astros are such an unlikable team. And it's because of how they respond to things like that. And it's not Correa and the OPS thing. Because, like, that's, that's a good comeback. That's a good retort. That's how you should handle the situation. It's McCullers, like, oh, it doesn't bother us when it comes from somebody like that. And Dusty Baker, like, I never even heard of the guy. Like, do you, you realize why people don't like, like, that's just not, like, that didn't even come from just a White Sox fan. Like, to say, like, oh, it doesn't matter from coming from someone like that. Like, what does that mean? Like, that's that's a garbage thing to say. Like, straight up, no matter. I don't even know what he's implying. Involved. Ryan yeah, Tapera? Who doesn't like like who has it, like a vendetta yeah. against like, Ryan Tapera? And he's like, like he's probably saying, oh, it's some no-name reliever. Well, it's like he's a solid reliever. I mean, he's not any lights out closer, sure, but it's like you don't say stuff like, like that's just a garbage thing to say. I don't Weird. it's a stupid thing to say in Tapera's point. Absolutely. At the same time, you don't need to respond like that's why people so many people do not like you. And I had I, I literally tweeted that and I had so many Astros fans like trolling me. I'm like, I just uh, spent a day trolling them back. It was really fun. I, um, but it's just, it's, it's that kind of reaction to it that it's like, yeah, they came out better because those were unwarranted claims that made no sense when he made them. And he was just airing frustrations and trying to rile his team up. He didn't do it right. But <laughs> the, the way he responded, the, the way Baker and McCall, I hated how the, those two guys responded. Correa was whatever. That like That's how you should respond. They're just a very unlikable team. They've embraced this villain role that they've kind of given themselves. And now, like, Fox Sports is putting stuff out about how they're, oh, we, we love the villain. It's like, there's a difference between villains and cheaters. Like, the Dodgers are villains because they win all the time. The Yankees are villains because they win all the time. Like, the, the, the Astros are villains because they cheated. Like, very different things. Like, <laughs> That's the frustration from my from yeah. my state. Like they've this whole, upon themselves. Yeah, they yeah. Speak, they're like they've just taken the the thing like, hey, we're the villains of the league. Yeah, you cheated. Like you deserve everything you get. Like the Yankees, the Dodgers, they're villains, but it's because people just don't like that they win so much. That's not why people hate the Astros. I'm pretty sure it's because of the cheating thing. It's dumb. It's stupid, and I hate that they've given themselves that name. I mean, they just they went from like playing the victim to because last year they were like oh don't yeah it was exactly. don't don't hurt us we didn't mean you you were cheating you stole a ring from the dodgers in 2017 like throwing at someone is so much worse you than stealing signs kidding me sure it is but at the same time you should go to jail for throwing at someone i don't agree with that you can kill someone. Um, every time that. I play the show, I want like well, it takes all the restraint I have to not just throw a fastball at like Carlos Correa's head. <laughs> you show him, James. Like he, <laughs> screw you, video game Carlos Correa, who will never know that I do this, but <laughs> I just 
I don't know. I just it's like again, and, and it's just you've made yourselves the villain. After last year, you played victim. You decided that didn't work, so now we're gonna play villain instead. Wait a second. Are we getting an important Albert Pujols pinch hit appearance? Oh, we oh are. boy. We certainly are. In the year 2021. Hey man, if he gets a base hit, I'm cool with it. Uh, if he hits a homer, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> I, I. So while James recovers from um, having to watch Albert Pujols hit here, we'll move on to inning six. It's actually a perfect time to get me to stop ranting. So oh, we don't need to see my face that big. There we go. <laughs> The Cubs named Carter or Carter Hawkins from the Cleveland organization as their newest GM. Um, he is tasked with what has been rumored to be, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, leading a rebuild for the Cubs. We'll start with Sean, since James is preoccupied. <laughs> Given how much sway the Jed Hoyer does hold in the Cubs organization as their president of operations, what will be Hawkins' impact on the direction of the team, and what should he do first? Who cares at this point? The Cubs are bad. They're going to be bad for a while. They don't have a good minor league system. They have exactly four major league players on that roster. Who cares? There's nothing you can really do. They're alienating fans by building a big betting center at Wrigley and then saying, oh, we don't have the money to spend on the team. What are you even supposed to do with this team? I mean, they're at least they're probably not going to be last in the division. The Pirates are bad. They're getting better, but they're bad. You can't do anything with the Cubs, really. Just take the model of the last rebuild, I guess, and Try to do that again. What else are you supposed to do? Everyone who had value is traded. Kyle Hendricks doesn't have value anymore. He wasn't good this year. Trade Wilson Contreras. He's the last guy you have. Keep running Frank Schwindel out there and hoping he can build up some trade value or Patrick Wisdom. <laughs> Either that or just you know use your money. I, I guess you can use your money if the ownership lets you. You have a ton of it. You're the Cubs. You're in one of the biggest markets in the country. You're one of the most famous teams in the country. But really, there's no way to save this team at this point. At least no easy way. No quick way. Scott? Yeah, no. I mean, I'm, I share a lot of the same sentiments there. The, the Cubs are horrible. I, I don't... They, they, they have no building blocks like at th this team is in s such early stages of, of a rebuild. I mean, I mean, this is like, this is like, like what I went through post 2017, like trade deadline. Like I, there's, there's no farm system. There's no players that will be here when this team is good again. I don't think like you're, you're in such the early stages that I, like I, like, I guess it's fine. Like, I, I guess uh, Cleveland has, uh, as Laz and I are, are very aware, has a, a pitching factory that is unmatched in all of baseball, and it's horrible to go up against 
as often as we have to every year. Um, so if, if he can even bring remotely something uh, uh, in, in that department, then that's, I guess, uh, going to be a win for the Cubs. But I, this is this is so – what should he do first? I, I don't know. Uh, nuke the field? I, start from <laughs> scratch? I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 there's there's – I, I really don't know. There's there's so much wrong. They're so far away from competing again, like so far away that um, I'm not sure any hire, no matter how good or bad, uh, could could really be like incredibly uh, like like an incredibly positive thing going forward, at, at least on whatever day it is, October of of. 2021 i'm not sure anything they can do can really have too much effect on like the immediate immediate future they're just gonna be bad and have to go through a lot of high pick draft classes and and make trade i I don't know trade try and convince tony la russa that like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is a good reliever and hope that he falls for it like i I don't i don't know that's that's like the best they can hope for james Oh, uh, Cubs, uh, who cares? Uh, (laughs) um, my roommates are Cubs fans. So if they heard me say that, so I, I've heard a lot about Frank Schwindel the last two months and I'm like, I'm like, that's great. Why, why do you, I applaud them for watching the Cubs. So there's that. (laughs) I mean, it's nice to support minor league teams. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and whatever Frank Schwindel is. I don't know. Jed Hoyer's still going to... It's going to be like Theo Epstein was in charge, I guess. Like Everyone knew Jed Hoyer was the GM, but Theo was the one doing everything. Or that's what it looked like from the outside, so that's what it's probably going to be now, except Jed Hoyer's the guy doing everything, and Carter Hawkins is the GM. Who knows? I think the first move is probably going to be developing pitching because who knows the last time the Cubs had a good homegrown pitcher. I mean, I don't think when the, I think when they won the World Series, none of the pitchers who threw an inning for them were developed in their own farm system. Something like that. They don't the, the develop only one pitching was at all. Edwards. Okay, so a relief. Uh, a, a uh, medium leverage li- reliever. That's a that's your uh, best pitching development over the last decade. Uh, so I guess that's why they go for Carter Hawkins. Try and replicate the pitching machine from Cleveland. I don't know why do why do we care about the Cubs? They're they're losers. Twenty twenty sixteen was an aberration. Every every other year is the norm. They're losers. Listen, I don't want to talk about them any more than you do. They just came up in the news. I, I got to do my job at some points. But you're right. I don't really care. Um, I don't know. I there was a, there was a time when I thought it'd be kind of cool to have both the Sox and Cubs be good at the same time. But then I realized, no, it's way more fun when only <laughs> one team is really catching all the headlines. So I'm fine with that. It's more good fun. When the Cubs are terrible, I'm fine yes. with that. But I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what a new GM does. We'll see the direction, but 
Cubs are going to be joining Pittsburgh at the bottom of that division for quite some time. So, and inning seven, as we wrap up here, there have been some great performances thus far in the postseason. Who's been the MVP in the playoffs in both the AL and the NL? We'll start with James. Oh, MVPs. Two former Dodgers, Jack Peterson, Kike Hernandez. Um, Jack hit a home run today, and I see these Braves fans holding up Jocktober signs, and I'm just like, ugh. That was uh, that was in Los Angeles for many years. <laughs> I, I mean, at least he's getting he's starting for the Braves because that was not going to happen in L.A. So good for him. He got paid. He got what he wanted. So fine with the Dodgers letting him go. Just hurts to see him crushing the baseball the way he is. Same with Kike Hernandez. He wanted to play more. Dodgers couldn't offer that. And now he is the second coming of Babe Ruth at times. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this dude would have gotten way more playing time in Los Angeles. Where was he? But uh, I'm happy for both of them. Like, they won their ring with the Dodgers. Go off for another team. As long as it doesn't hurt L.A., I'm cool with it. Those he are my MVPs. Peter, he says S. Peterson hit a two-run bomb to tie game two at two. But <laughs> Yeah, that one hurt. That one was painful. <laughs> Sean, go ahead. Your AL and NL MVPs in the playoffs. Well, okay, Kike is the obvious choice. So I'm not, I, he's already been discussed. I'm not going to say him. So I'm going to go with who I really wanted it to be in the AL and who played great but isn't around anymore, and that's Wander Franco. I really wanted it to be him because I think he's just so much fun and so good. And he's like 13 months younger than me, which feels criminal. Uh, <laughs> but oh, he was so exciting to watch in the playoffs. He had three homers, I think. Yeah, I was so happy to see him play well. I saw him play live in the final series of the year, the, the Yankees-Rays series. And he had something like a 14-pitch at-bat off Weiziga. He ended up striking out, but it was still probably the most impressive at bat I've ever seen live. Wander isn't going any well. He's leaving Tampa in like three years when he hits arbitration, but he isn't going anywhere from being one of like the top 15, 20 players in baseball for a long time. I'll probably be 35 next time Wander is less than a two war player, barring injury. He was amazing. And I think we can just all collectively celebrate the next big star showing out in October for the NL Jack Peterson's a pretty an obvious call there. Mookie Betts is a pretty obvious call. He had four hits in the big elimination game, but I'm going with Scherzer just because it was so cool to see Scherzer come out of the bullpen. I'm half convinced. And I know so many people made this joke already. I'm half convinced Roberts didn't call him in and Scherzer just wanted to pitch. And really, are you going to say no to Max Scherzer if he wants to pitch? I, that was so much fun. He was great in the wild card game. Uh, he was great in game three. He was great in relief. And he, was, he wasn't great tonight, but he was good. He kept him in the game. He's had a boatload of strikeouts. He's pretty clearly the Dodgers' best pitcher. And they haven't hit that well in October. So it's been their pitching, keeping them in the games. I haven't checked the championship win probability added, but I'm fairly certain that he would be leading among pitchers. 
he's my NL MVP right now for the playoffs. One thing about your comments, baseball hits a little bit different when you're eating chips on the couch and players are younger than you. It, it's a sad <sighs> age that you're eventually getting to, and I'm is. and I'm currently in the midst of, and it's only mm-hmm. going to get worse. It's Wander, Wander will be the first all star younger yet. than me. It's it's still a hasn't sad happened time. to me. <laughs> yeah, just just you wait. I promise. Yeah, Jason Dominguez is coming. <laughs> Scott, uh, round us out here. Yeah, no, Scherzer is honestly my uh, currently my hands down NL MVP. I think um, just the the not only has he dominated every start, but the versatility of coming out of the bullpen like that is is obviously awesome. Um, and the, the, yeah, the Dodgers are unreal. So uh, so him him being the it's like best player on best team. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's obviously immense value. So uh, the, he is, he's pretty comfortably, I'd say my current NL MVP. Uh, And then my AL MVP, as far as like entertainment of watching is hands down Tony LaRusso. It's not even, (laughs) he made, he made the postseason so much more enjoyable for me and just every cut to him. Every single like, like like cut to him of him just like looking there and you're like, does he really know what's going on right now? Or like him, like his run, the run alone, honestly, gets him like massive, like like a probably like like I don't know, like 50 second place votes just for the run itself. Like everything, everything about Tony Larusa just is the the epitome of my entertainment value in the postseason's MVP <laughs> award. It's, it's not particularly close. I didn't like any of the teams in the American League from off rip. So the fact that one man by himself gave me the ability to, to have fun in the American League postseason and like giggle and laugh and like point and laugh at my TV and, and just all of that is just is just absolutely impeccable. And it's impressive. No one's talking about how impressive it is. It's impressive. It's truly and genuinely impressive. So uh, Max Scherzer, just comfortably NL, and, and Tony Larusa, hands down, not even close, American League with Kike Hernandez like right there behind him. I'm not giving you the satisfaction of getting negative points. You can just sit at zero. <laughs> Um, well, that'll wrap that piece up. I don't, uh, I hate all of you. Really, <laughs> I, I truly do. James, congratulations on your, win. what did I do? What did I um, do? I, you were here. You, are, you, you mentioned, you mentioned, I just, um, I'm like, I, I mentioned the Russa when he wasn't senile. Like I, I mean, Scott's <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, I'm Scott a could night, like, right? You just he could be like in his he could be like reading Moby Dick, and somehow he's like, this reminds me of when Tony Larusa did this with the White Sox. I will say the amount of times you were able to fit in that was impressive. A shot at Tony Larusa and the White Sox was impressive. Today. I, I think that was his the goal was mine. just um, connecting it to Tony Larusa. We got in that many Larusa shots, but never mentioned his bullpen management of just not using Michael Kopic ever. He and then overusing him. him when he was tired. 
Yeah. You used I, him just poorly. Just not for the first two games. Like I said, used him poorly. I need a uh, long walk up a short pier right about now. I'm, Scott, I'm, I, I, I will enough. I will give you I'm my done. victory. Just oh, for this is the second time Solas has not has made me last place at the end, and someone has bestowed a victory. I, I, will, me. Share, I, I will share lose. the victory. I will oh, share the victory. It, it is no impressive how how he was able to connect every topic tonight to Tony Larusa. Like, I I mean. I, you're you must be a terrible uh, landlord because he lives in your head rent free. Like, <laughs> Scott, Scott's uh, got real estate in my head. I'll be honest. <laughs> so, hey, I got Evidently. real estate in the entire South Side of Chicago's Twitter. Hey, That's, people uh, hate you. People, people hate you. Like hate I me. hate you. People actually hate, me, hate bro. you. People, people hate really you. hate me. Yeah, the, the White Sox Twitter is not very fond of yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I I hate you. They they you you've pissed them off. Oh, it, it's quite a joy to it's, see. It's it, yeah, quite it's, a joy. it started at La Russa. Uh, the big one was was uh, was TA. That was a big moment. And then um, I tried to do damage. I truly did try to do damage control and like actually explain the TA thing because in the video that went around I didn't say a word I just agreed just, with what yeah, the other person was saying on, yeah uh, what and, was the TA thing and there, yeah, there's a clip of I was a guest on a podcast and there's a clip of uh Jude is his name there's a Twitter Angel's Twitter guy and um and he just went on like a, a huge rant about how like Tim Anderson's not that good and and listed off a bunch of White Sox players and like how they're not actually that good and I was sitting here just like this format. And I was Making just like, a, and I was like, yeah, keep talking, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and people took that as like, like crazy reaction to, to him. He got the brute of it, but I got a ton too. And uh, with my already pre-standing after my LaRusso video and stuff and everything, like it, it definitely did not go over very well. And so initially after, like I said, after the TA thing, I tried to like make amends and like explain and like be real about it. And there was just no, <laughs> that, that just wasn't happening on White Sox Twitter. That's not a thing. So uh, really Twitter in general, that's not a direct shot at all. So uh, so I, at that point, I just said, F it. And now I just wear it as, with a badge of honor. And they despise my ass for sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, I, I love it. I think it's fun. I think it adds to it. It's something. Um, it's something. It's something. But. As we wrap up here, I guess, since there's really no what to watch for this week because we know what we're watching, pick your World Series prediction and your winner. Let's see what happens. We'll start with Sean. Oh, I was not ready for this. Uh, Dodgers over Red Sox in five. Okay. I, I would have literally yesterday, I would have said uh, Astros over Dodgers, but I think the Garcia injury is that impactful just because starting pitching stacks and they don't have much of it after that. The Astros so, are about to learn how important starting pitching is as if they didn't know before. Yeah. They, they um, don't have, they don't have Cole and Morton and Verlander. All on the they same, also all don't on the have Nolan team. Ryan or uh, they don't have <laughs> Nolan Ryan anymore or Roger Clemens or Mike Scott. <laughs> James, I'll uh, assume your prediction, but I'll let you say it anyway. Dodgers. That's all. 
pick it, pick whoever they play in the World Series. I don't care. They sweep them. I don't care. <laughs> they're winning it all. And then they're, and then everyone who said they didn't win in the real season will just shut up because they did it back to back, which is harder. So, you know that that's a bad take about it not counting. It is. They were still clearly the best team. But I, I that's homerism at its finest there. Scott, your thoughts as we wrap up here. Yeah, I'll take uh I'll take the Dodgers over the Strohs in six. Uh and I and I think that that will spiral into some of the most cancerous internet in history afterwards when the fan bases go at each other about how uh, if they didn't cheat in 17, it would have happened twice. And it would, uh, it's just going to absolutely ruin the internet for about two weeks. So hey, that's, that's my take. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm okay with that. As long as we get an Altuve or Correa or Bregman home run off Joe Kelly. No, as long as we get a Carlos Correa eight year deal to the city of Detroit. I'm no, <laughs> send, them, send them to the Marlins. Send them to the Guangdong no. Tigers. No, go to the Tigers. Yeah, I agree. Go to no, the Tigers. Correa the and Tigers of to the Guangdong. I heard Correa Tigers. I'm with it. <laughs> so Scott's clearly forgiven Carlos Correa for passing. AJ Hinch is my manager. So yeah, yeah. he kind of doesn't have a choice. <laughs> so AJ Hinch actually got punished. Correa yeah. did not. I yeah, mean, that's not, not his Correa's fault. fault. He didn't. Correa's going to punish himself. <laughs> I'm, I'm removing myself that. because MLB's a joke. There you yeah, go. I'm, I'm suspending myself for 50 games. I will say my hatred I for, them, been for it. My hatred for them comes in how they've handled the situation. I, I have my own personal. It was very poorly. Very yeah, that, my own personal. It's an exercise in what opinion. not to do when handling a PR crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where my that's where I draw the line. I have my own frustration with the man. People are like, well, why don't you get mad at him? I'm like, I am. But I'm also mad at the Astros. Like, I can be mad at both. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, anywho, that's going to do it for us. I need a drink. Um, if you don't know where to find us, it's scrolling around at the bottom. Diamond-digest.com is the website. Diamond underscore digest is the Twitter handle. Diamond.digest, excuse me, is the Instagram handle. Make sure to find us everywhere. We'll continue bringing coverage throughout the postseason, over the offseason. We're going to get ready for 2022 just along with all of you. But first, we're going to celebrate what's left of 2021. Thanks for tuning us in with this episode. Thanks for tuning in all year. We'll have a few more of these, at least one, maybe two, uh, as we wrap out the season. But for Sean Huff, James Darcheski, and Scott Bentley, this is Jordan Lazowski. I hate you. This is Jordan Lazowski <laughs> signing off. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next time. See you soon. Love you, buddy. Yeah, Love thanks you. for.